welcome to another amazing episode of Retrovaniacs. As always, I'm Jeremy Parmentier here with Billy Holiday. Hello there. And Jeremy Gregory. Hey guys. And this is another patron request. This comes to us from Joey Z on our Patreon. So again, if you want to force us to cover your game, the best way to do that is to join our Patreon. The link is always in the comments for the podcast. But his selection is Air Guys for the Sony PlayStation, a fighting game, and we're going to cover that as the start of Fight Month. All the games we cover this month will be fighting games, for better or worse, but then we don't have to talk about fighting games again in 2020. But before we dive into Air Guys, Billy, what have you been playing since our last show? Well, since the last show, I, you know, I was toying with a game or two here and there. I was starting to get pretty deep in that that you know that Pokemon uh, Shield, and I, I also started picking up that Resident Evil Two remake again. Uh, I I really put some actual time into it and started to really make a good bit of progress. But my my health has sidelined me a good bit. It's left me bedridden for about the last week or so. Uh, and, and also a lot of hard time kind of staring at the TV at length. Uh, so, you know, I kind of resorted back to the Switch, uh, which you would think would mean I would continue to advance uh, in Pokemon, you know. But no, uh, I'm back on Stardew Valley. Uh, it's, been, it's been the only game, except for this one. I made some, you know, special concessions to spend some time playing this one. But I also uh, just chipping away on that damn stardew and it's that thing where you know the more i'm playing it even after all this time I, i'm still encountering like new shit here and there both things i haven't encountered yet that for some reason i just you know d didn't get around to or things that are still being added to it um you know I, i'm i'm a little better now so I, I have gotten back into resident evil 2 uh and, and kind of playing through that i think the main thing i'm waiting for on there is is same thing as Resident Evil 4, wanting to, to finish it uh, and get myself an infinite ana, ammo weapon and then just kind of play through it. I, I always found those were the at, at the most fun when you were just more able to explore without really having to worry about anything. I, I can't tell you after I got the, you know, that infinite Tommy gun uh, in 4, how many more times I played through after that. I, I thought for some reason that added so much to it for me. Uh, so I'm, you know, trying to finish it now and then, you know, we'll do whatever is necessary to burst through on, there on again. And I can't say enough about how well done it is. Um, and, you know, one for three is, is coming out and I was never a big Resident Evil three fan. There's nothing wrong with it, but I'll definitely be trying it out after the effort they made on this one. Well, I'm continuing to work on closing things out on my backlog. You know, I mentioned last time I finished Shenmue 2, finally. Uh, I just finished The Last Guardian, uh, finally. That's another one I, I played. I didn't realize how far I was into that game. Uh, another game where I was about 80% through it and didn't realize it. So I finished that out, and now I'm working on Mad Max again, a game I've gone back to on and off. It's the actual first game I had on my PlayStation 4, and uh, and I just never finished it because there's so many, you know, like a Grand Theft Auto, there's so many side quests. I'm like, oh, I'll get to those eventually. I'll get to the story eventually. I want to do all these little side quests. So now I'm just focusing on the story and kind of moving things along. I'd like to finish that. Uh, I've been trying not to buy things, but there was a sale on the Switch that I could not avoid. Uh, I've been looking at this game for a while. It's called Hard West. It looks almost like a an XCOM or, you know, like a, a, a classic Fallout-style um, action 
not really RPG, but you do have stats. So whatever you want to call that sort of game. Uh, and that one's down to $2. Normally it's 20 bucks. So for $2, I did grab it. I played it for 10 minutes, and it does look to be exactly like what I wanted. Uh, so I did buy that. I, I don't necessarily count that as a negative, but for $2, I couldn't wait. And I also grabbed Heavy Burger, uh, which I've been looking at for a while. It, it is not what I thought it was. I thought it was um, sort of a Robotron-style action game, but instead it I mean, it is, but it's it's more than that. It's really designed as a versus game where you and your other opponent or teams of people will try to capture the flag and run it off the screen, and then you run it through a bunch of different arcade screens. So, you know, Burger Time and Heavy Barrel and uh, a pool game, Lock and Chase, you know, all these classic games that, that these levels are based on. You basically blast through the side of those screens, run through the screen while the actual game is taking place. Those game things attack you and your opponents are attacking you. And, you know, as soon as you get one hit, you die, you drop the... It's a money bag, it's not a flag, but same thing. You drop the flag and the opponent can pick it up and then run it back their direction. So it's almost like tug-of-war and capture the flag put together. It's super, super fun. If you have friends, which I do not, that come over often enough, it would be a blast. Uh, and playing with my children is fun enough, except that I'll never lose. So... Playing against very hard computer bots is what I'm up to now, and it's very, very frustrating, but I can see how, if I did have people over, this would be an amazing two-player game. So I've just been playing those things, and again, working on Mad Max to try to knock another older game out of my backlog. But Jeremy, what have you been playing? Well, instead of talking about Destiny 2 yet again, which I am still playing a lot just about every single night, I actually bought a game, and I haven't done that in a while. I think the last game I bought was uh, Death Stranding. But thanks to things like Game Pass and, and Apple Arcade, like I'm kind of finding myself not buying as many games or just kind of waiting until it shows up on something like Game Pass. But I bought uh, Journey to the Savage Planet Ooh. because it looked fun. And it's only like 30 bucks and just wanted to see what it was like. And it's actually really, it's fun. It's a fun yeah. little $30 game. It's, it's a lot like if you took No Man's Sky and shoved it inside Metroid Prime. Mm. Uh, it's uh, it's very much just a kind of a low key. It's not relaxing, but there's not a ton of combat in it until like later in the game. Uh, you just really only have one pistol, but it's a lot of going around this planet that you've been stranded on or landed on, and uh, scanning a lot of stuff, Metroid Prime style, uh, building a database, uh, finding new uh, components to build certain things so that you can progress through the this kind of large area. It doesn't really have a stage. It's kind of like, uh, God, remember 2016's best game, uh, Tower of Monsters or whatever that game was? Yeah, it was fun. Deadly Tower oh, of Monsters yeah. was great. Yes. Oh, yeah. So it's kind of like that where the, the goal is to get from the bottom of, of the, <laughs> the planet to the top. It's like this big tower. So there's a lot of platforming and a lot of finding things that let you progress up that tower. And so far, like I'm, I'm liking it a lot. I don't think it's going to be a very long game. I played it for like three hours the other day, and I'm like 30% through. So, I mean, it's it it looks like there's a lot of stuff to collect and scan and things do things like that if you want. But uh, the majority of the game, is it looks like it's just platforming and getting up that tower. It's uh, it's pretty fun. I, I enjoy it. Can't recommend it enough for 30 bucks. Uh, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great little game. Well, along with playing all the games we just mentioned, we spent a lot of our time for the last two weeks playing this week's game, A Patron Request by Joey Z., Air Guys, God Bless the Ring for the Sony PlayStation.
Now, I did a little interview with Joey, and we're going to play it towards the end of the episode after we kind of look at everything we, we do and don't like about it. And then we'll, we'll touch base with him and, and kind of see his thoughts. Uh, Air Guys came out in 1998. Uh, it's put out by Squaresoft, and it was developed by Dream Factory, who is in you know a Squaresoft company division that just does fighting games. Previously, in 1996, they did Tobol number one, and then in 1997, they did Tobol number two. Tobol number two never came out in the United States, but I remember it getting a lot of press. Uh, Tobol number one, I think you guys may have both played that before. It's very much Squaresoft's virtual fighter. Uh, it's the best way I could describe it. It wasn't, it wasn't great, but it wasn't terrible. Did either of you guys play Tobol? Uh, yeah, I, I played it. Uh, not so much because I wanted to. It was it was the, really the only way to get the demo disc for Final Fantasy VII mm -hmm. because that came packed in there with it. And I think that's probably what most people remember Tobol for. It's, uh, it, but besides that, I, I did actually play it. I, I'm a big fan of fighting games. And back then, you know, you really only had like Tekken and Virtual Fighter as the standard for what a 3D fighting game should be. And everything else was just kind of the Wild West. And so when to when you play Tobol, it kind of reminds you a lot of Virtual Fighter with a little bit of Tekken thrown in because it's trying to be this very, not exact, but, you know, it's trying to be like this footsie kind of fighter where you have to know where you're at and how, how, how your attacks can connect with the, the opponent and things like that. And I thought for a first attempt at a fighting game, it was pretty cool. I mean, Square never made a fighting game. So, like, to, to throw this out and to make a fully featured 3D fighting game that didn't suck, which was a rarity back then, if you weren't Tekken or Virtual Fighter, I, it, was, it was neat. Yeah, and I had a, a kind of similar experiences and thoughts on it. I, I had a friend, and that is the reason he had that game, was the, the Final Fantasy VII uh, demo. Uh, but we played it, and it was one of those things where... Uh, that was one of our things. One of our main things to get together and play were, were fighting games. And, you know, eventually, you know, all the, the popular ones, you know, Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat and whatnot, they kind of ran their course. And we were heavy into Tekken. And, you know, we, we kind of gave this one a try. And I remember it being adequate. I don't remember anything about it being uh, groundbreaking or, or anything of that nature, uh, that first Tobol. But, uh, yeah, I, it was... Good enough, I guess. That's that's about the highest praise I can give to it. It wasn't disastrous or bad by any means, but it was just. And I'm not the most, you know, seasoned fighting game player. I, I enjoy them. I'll play them any old time. But I'm not one of those people that knows the ins and outs and can can give a, a good, solid, you know, 100%, you know, critique of every little thing of it. I mean, good thing it's fighting game month here, though. But. Uh, yeah, I mean, I remember it being good enough. I did actually import Tobol 2. Oh, boy. Now, that game is, I will make a very good argument like for like that game being like one of the best fighting Ooh. games on the PlayStation. Wow. And it's a shame it never got released over here because it is it is so much better than the original. And it actually has a, it's, it's a really good fighting game. Mm. But yeah, it's, you know, compared to what we got here with Tobol, uh, it, it just kind of makes that first game look pretty bad in comparison. Yeah, Tobol number two, uh, everyone that's played it, uh, you know, 
the import or whatever has all these glowing things to say about it. We never got it here. I have no hands-on experience with it. I did play Tobal Number One, and it was yeah, it was just a an okay Virtual Fighter, uh, but it was SquareSoft, so I gave it a shot, and it, it did come with that demo. That's what everyone bought it for was the Final Fantasy mm-hmm. VII demo, um, and that the sales even with that were not very good in the U.S. Uh, they were good in Japan, not great here, so they didn't put out Tobal Number Two in Japan. But uh, for their next fighting game, they get a collaboration with Namco, uh, where they could use their System 12 board, which is the same board they use for uh, Tekken 3, and kind of work together on a fighting game that would feel more like a Tekken, kind of be a uh, an arena-based fighter as opposed to a, a you know like a flat flat surface. Even if it's in a 3D realm where it's just a flat, you go in and out of the screen. That's it. This is like you can move around in three dimensions. Uh, and that's what they were aiming for. So that's why Air Guys came out. If you find an arcade machine for Air Guys, it's from Namco. But the home version, which was put out around the same time, was Squaresoft. But they worked on it together. Mm. And the designer for this game and the director for this game is the same director as Tobal Number 1 and 2, and is also the director of the original Tekken, and one of the designers of Virtual Fighter. And again, I apologize about the name. It's Saichi Ishii, uh, who was, you know, again, very involved with these early 3D fighting games. He is, you know, more or less the the founder of Dream Factory and kind of the the mind behind all their fighting games they did. So mm-hmm. it makes a lot of sense that this game and the Tobal games kind of feed off of those games. A little, you know, more Virtual Fighter, a little bit of Tekken. I think this is the opposite. I think this is Squaresoft's answer to Tekken, more or less. It feels much more like a Tekken in, well, first off, the way it looks, it looks very much Tekken-like. Uh, but it also, mm-hmm. the fact that you can run around the screen and it has, you know, actual items in the arenas you're fighting in that you can interact with and sometimes. I mean, it's it's much more of Square's version of Tekken as opposed to Tobal being a Square's version of Virtual Fighter. Yeah, and be, you know, like I mentioned, with, with Tekken and Virtual Fighter being the blueprints for just about every 3D fighting game that was coming out, Tobal, like we said, stuck very close to that Virtual Fighter blueprint with a little bit of mash in it. And if, if nobody knows what I'm talking about when we talk about mashy, it is like if you hand a controller to somebody that has no idea how to play a fighting game and they just start mashing on the buttons and then their character does stuff like actual legit fighting moves and stuff. That's a mashy kind of game uh, where where something like virtual fighter, you have to be much more exact. It's more timing based. There's not too many characters where you can just mash on those buttons and they'll do cool stuff. And I, I always enjoyed the total kind of combination of that with, you know, heavy virtual fighter with a little bit of Tekken mash in there. But with air guys, they just, they went all the way in on Tekken. This is one of the mashiest fighters I think I have ever played. Well, the controls are different than, you know, a, a, a standard, you know, Street Fighter style control. There's, you know, high, medium, and low punch and high, medium, and low kick. And then you have to move different directions and find, you know, do inputs to your specials. This dumbs everything down control wise for better or worse. But, uh, you know, let's look at it positively. Instead of having to memorize a whole bunch of special moves, you have a special attack button. Circle is your special attack button. You have a special attack meter on the screen along with your health meter. And as you use your special attack, that meter goes down until it's completely empty. And then your special attack does something else completely that's normally not as good at all as the original special. For example, the main character you see like on the packaging I mean, is a character named God Hand. And he shoots a rocket uh, with his special item. But if you run out of special, then he like does this weird hand gesture, which can hurt you if you're near him, but it's nowhere near as great as the rocket you get with the special. Uh, additionally, instead of having a whole bunch of uh, strengths in your punches and kicks, there's just a high attack and a low attack. Literally, like, are you punching high or are you punching low? And that you know that's it. There's three real buttons for attacks. High attack, low attack, special attack. There's a jump button 
up does not jump in this game since it is a 3D world. You need to move in and out of the screen, so that's what up and down do. And uh, there's a guard button. Uh, blocking in this game, using the guard button is not, in my mind, intuitive, even though I think it's supposed to be. It's very difficult. And then to throw people, instead of having a throw button or having a special move that does it, you just basically hit guard and high and low attack at the same time, and you will do a throw. The controls are very simple, but because there's only really two attacks and a special, you know, they don't expect you to use your special for anything other than as a special attack. Mm. A lot of the combos are just high and low attacks mixed together. High, high, low, high, low, high, 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 high. And so if you just mash on the buttons like Jeremy said, you're going to do some really good combos if you connect with that first hit. And that's why this is so mashy. I mean, I played through most of this game without looking at move sets, without doing anything else, just by mashing on High button, you know, yeah. high attacks 90% of the time. This is one of those that your kids could beat you on. If, I mean, it's 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 even ground. I, I, I think I've I have complained about different fighting games, you know, and and before that some of the controls and like some of the moves, the ability to pull them off, it was just, just a bit much, you know, too many inputs needed for it and, and just not into, you know, Street Fighter, I think, kept the, the inputs very intuitive. Uh, you know, with kind of the the charge attacks or the quarter circle or, you know, full even the damn full circle every now and then if you want to pull that spinning pile driver out. But this one, I, oh, I think it, I think it's the opposite. I don't think I've ever really talked about controls being too simple in a game. Um, it uh, yeah, it just it it lends itself to you not really. And maybe it's just, well, it sounds like it may be all of us. It lends you to not really wanting to sit down and learn any fine points. It's just, you know, it's it's more rewarding to just mash those buttons and get on through. And, you know, I guess if we're reviewing a game, yeah, I do want to be able to get through it. And so I can have a, you know, see all the way through and have a better opinion of it. But at the same time, I found myself just basically not learning anything at all. Not that there was a lot. You know, because like you said, they have really, really dumbed this one down quite a bit. And, you know, even though I mentioned that Tekken is is pretty mashy, mm-hmm. the difference between that and, and something like this is, one, you know, Tekken is, is such a good fighting game to where, like, you can keep mashing if you want, but then there's that next tier level if you want to go up and yeah. learn learn the timing and learn the moves, learn those 10-hit combos, uh, you know, and really put some time in it. Uh, into it but like with with this it doesn't seem i'm sure that maybe there's someone out there that has high level air guys play going on somewhere oh. <laughs> uh, and knows really the ins and the outs but it never really presents itself in a way that you want to play it like that yeah uh you, you know you, there's just nothing really to look up to there and it, this uh, as far as depth as far as what i could find this has more in common with something like power stone than it does an actual fighting game I mean, it's very mindless. Now, speaking of mindless, where was the game presented to me in the fucking opening? They give you an opening cinematic that I got to say had me excited for this thing. There is fucking all kinds of chaos going on on there. And I don't feel at any point in time they they give you that as I'm playing this game. Did either of you think like the music for the opening was so like completely out of place? For what? Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> like, it's just, it, I don't know. It was so, like, dramatic and, and strange. You know, like any sort of fighting game, the, the opening CGI or CG movie is supposed to, like, get you pumped up and want to play. Yes. And this is, like, this really kind of weird, I don't know how to describe it. I uh, mean, I was interested to see what was, I mean, it drew me into that, to that extent. I wanted to see what was going to happen in this thing. 
Well, what's weirder on this, uh, yeah, the intro's a little off, but at the same time, I, I don't know. For me, PlayStation intros are always kind of a grab bag. You don't know what you're going to get. You know there's a big cinematic because they could do it finally, and so every game has something like that. But it's on the PlayStation version, you go through that intro, and you hit the start button, and then instead of going to like what you'd assume would be the menu for the actual fighting game, instead you go to a menu that lets you pick, I want to play Air Guys the Fighting Game, or I want to play a collection of mini-games, and we'll get into those later. Or I want to play something that's called quest mode. And there's even a warning on quest mode. It's like, be, be aware. If you go on quest mode, can't come back. Better make sure you save. So you're like, whoa. All right, I don't want to mess if, up whatever quest mode If you mode go on quest mode, you're not going to want to come back. Well, it's <laughs> we're going to talk about all those other modes after we discuss the game itself. But the fact that, yes. that Square felt like it was important enough. Not to have it as an option in the main menu, not to make it so it's hard to find. No, you get to see right from the beginning, yeah, yeah, there's a fighting game, but check out these other things we have. That's a bad yeah. sign. That You don't want that. You want the draw of your fighting game to be the fighting game. Like, it should be yeah. the fighting game, not a demo disc for another game, not not some other mini games that are kind yeah. of like a fighting game. You want it to be the fighting game. And instead, I think they, they kind of warn you ahead of time, hey, we offer you a lot of little things here. If you don't like this, there's other things to check out. That's not, that's not That's a great bad. start. I mean, even Tekken, they make you unlock Tekken Bowling because they know once you get that, you're not playing the fighting game again. But they make you, you know, play the game for a while before you get to that. Uh, so, yeah, that also uh, gave me a little bit of pause when I first saw it, that they, they were presenting all these offerings to me. I, I, I mean, I knew uh, just from us talking and from just kind of looking up a video or two beforehand that, that these things were were present in the game but you know you know a lot of times they they make it something that you know you you unlock as you go along you know yeah, and, and you know to be fair like the first two total games did have that quest mode in there mm-hmm. but it took a you know it was more along the lines of hey we've got this fighting game and also here's this cool little add-on of this quest mode that you can also do uh, but yeah like loading into this is almost like loading into smash brothers where it's just like here's all of these different mm-hmm. modes that you can do and the fighting games over here in the top left corner if you want to play that if only it was as organized as <laughs> smash brothers mm-hmm. seems to be now When you go into the main fighting game, we'll discuss that first. It, it's right to the point. You you can pick a versus battle where you can play against your friend. I did play a lot of this against a friend of mine because I did want to see, uh, you know, how to play without the computer constantly kicking my butt and just mashing buttons. When I played against another person, we had time to work it out. There is a lot of depth to this game if you want to find it, but I think it's completely unneeded. If you do the mash button technique, you're probably going to do better, and it's learning the moves and combos don't seem as important as learning your opponent's moves and combos so that you know when they've left themselves wide open to an attack. And then you just spam a bunch of attacks on them. It's not as much about, okay, I got this one hit in, now I know I can do these eight hits in a row. And it, I mean, that's in there, but I think it's totally unnecessary. It's far more important to go, okay, that you know this opponent will do two hits high and a low hit, and then I have time to run in. If I hit him one time, I can hit him with just a slam of high hits and do my damage. So again, neither of us were very good at the game. And I am, I mean... I think we all kind of said we're not masters of fighting games early on in this, but I'm clearly, of the three of us, the worst at fighting games. So take anything I say as far as complexity uh, with a grain of salt. But there is a lot in this 
Uh, for example, there's these things called just frame attacks, where if you start an attack and you know it's a, it's a regular high or low hit, then there's a series of moves you can do that kind of spring into other combos that you can only start at a certain point in that attack, like a certain frame of that animation. I have no idea how to make that work. I looked at something online, a couple things to try to figure out, could I even do one? So I felt good about it. And it just seemed like at random, if I was doing attacks, sometimes I'd do another attack I didn't expect. And that's these just frame attacks. Apparently, if you know what you're doing, you can you know, surprise your opponents doing the, the move I mentioned, where you figure out what your opponent's moves do so you know when they have an opening. And all of a sudden, you don't have openings where you used to. Um, that said, the button mashing moves seem to be a much more efficient way of getting through the game. Uh, after, so if you play against the computer or against other people, there are 11 characters that start in this game. Uh, I'll just go through their names. They're all pretty, you know, if they're notable, I'll, I'll mention anything notable about them. There's God Hand, Lee Shuen, Dasher Inoba, Sasuke, Prince Doza, Yoko Yoko, Joe the Wolf Girl, who does turn into a wolf, which is kind of cool. But this is the reason anybody would remember Air Guys, unless you're a huge fan of some sad mini games and the quest mode. Is Air Guys, because it's by Square, this was yet another tie-in to the Final Fantasy VII Empire, since that had done so well, uh, you know, all over the world. So you can also play as Cloud, Tifa, Sephiroth, uh, and I guess there's another character named Han Dehan, who's kind of the, the alternate main character for the game. Those are the 11 starting characters, and that's why everyone will remember this game, because you can play as Cloud, and you can play as Sephiroth, and you can have cool battles, just like they did in Final Fantasy, but now you're playing them in a fighting game format. I tried hard not to use Cloud uh, and, and Tifa and Sephiroth just to get the feel for the game because I felt like maybe they would just feel like they were tacked on. But I, I think all the characters end up playing almost the same. It's all about learning where your opponent is and just mashing high and low buttons. I mean, yeah, that's really what it comes down to. And I, it's, I, I do feel like those characters are just thrown in there. I mean, they were in the arcade game as well, but you had to unlock them. But like just, you know, they were front and center in, in the PlayStation release. I mean, Cloud's on the box. He's, he's right there on the front of the box. So they have unlocked these guys from the beginning and they are meant to be in there. They actually have their own stages and everything, uh, even, you know, Final Fantasy music and stuff like that to go along with them. So they have they have shoehorned them in here and it they I, I don't know. I don't think this is supposed to take place in the same world as Final Fantasy VII. So just having them in there is is basically Square being like, look, we released Final Fantasy VII last year. It was a huge hit. We have this new fighting game that no one knows coming out, knows about that's coming out. And what do we have to leverage that? Mm. Well, here's some Final Fantasy characters. And that's exactly, that's basically what they did. And it just, it seems so out of place, even as a kid. And I love Final Fantasy yeah. uh, 7. Like, that's one of my favorite games of all time. Mm -hmm. So, like, and that's the main reason I picked this up. But yet, yeah, they, you know, as, as much fun as I had playing them, uh, in, in the back of my head, I was just like, why Why are they here? Why, did, yeah. why is it, <laughs> this doesn't make any sense at all. But all oh, right, I'm I'll not... just. Yeah, it's it's like, yeah, I mean, that's. Obviously, what they are banking on is, is, hey, it's the people you like from Final Fantasy VII. At this point in time, uh, it, you know, with the, with these three and, you know, more hidden characters, unlockable characters from Final Fantasy VII within, I, it's like, at this point in time, why not just go all out? Why, why didn't you just make this a Final Fantasy VII fighter at this point in time? Yeah, like, why did Yes. That yes. I mean, you've got once you get the unlockable, I know they're, you know, Cloud, Sephiroth, Tifa, uh, Yuffie's in it. And I believe Vincent is also. 
that's the ones I know of. There, that's five. Crank out, put fucking Barrett in there. Put you know, put you know two or three more. Just put out a fucking Final Fantasy seven a, a fighting game at this point. And, and I guarantee, even if it's at the the quality of this one, mechanic wise, uh, that's uh, fuck. That's going to be a smash. Um, I don't know how they withstood the temptation of 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 not doing that. Well, it makes you wonder if they had already kind of built this game and decided that it wasn't going to go mm. far enough. So let's add these these SquareSoft characters in. Since we have oh, Square, yeah. let's let's use them. Let's get these characters in. And instead of getting ones from a bunch of different games, just bam. Here you go, Cloud, Tifa, Sephiroth. And yes, there are six unlockable characters in the game for a total of 17 characters. The six who's unlockables. The uh, well, there's Vincent Valentine, Yuffie, uh, yeah. Zach, who essentially is, is Cloud with hair. Oh, okay. Um, and then you get the two characters that will... You, you'll hear more about when we talk about the quest mode, uh, Claire mm-hmm. Andrews and Koji Masuda. And then you get mm-hmm. the boss of the game, Django. Uh, if you mm-hmm. play through the single-player game, this is what I found a little... I mean, it was interesting. Like, you could tell they want to tell a story while you're fighting. It's not just a matter of, like, hey, here's a bunch of, of arenas, and you, you fight X people, and you end up at the end. You always fight through the same order, same rooms, same... Everything, including fighting yourself, uh, which means you'll fight yourself at whatever point your stages would be in. But you always go through the same set of stages, fighting the same people, and it kind of takes you on the journey of going through the levels, but they don't have any story parts in the middle. Not even like a sentence summary, like, you know, in Street Fighter, you beat a guy and they like taunt him or something at the end. There's nothing here. You don't see him fly to a new area. It's just you go from area to area to area, and mm-hmm. eventually you get to the last boss, who is like this lion character named Django. Not a, not a very exciting fight, and again, a lot of this game, especially by that point, is running around these 3D environments trying to avoid attacks and getting in when you when you get a hit, uh, get a, a moment where they're, you know, attacking and left themselves open. So, so Django specifically is not that exciting. And then after you beat Django, and this is inexplicable to me, there's then a fight with like a super Django, like he looks like he's like cyber ultimate Django, and then the credits play over that fight. Why are the credits? Why are the credits rolling? <laughs> and if We're you not die, then it just stops. This game I, is ready to be done. I was too, but fuck it, I've never had the game more ready to be done than I am. It's it's, it's just weird. I mean, I've, I've yeah, I've never seen anything like that. I mean, I, if you die, the game isn't over, is it? You, you get to continue, right? Like on that last fight? Well, that you that's the, I mean, the, the super ultimate Django, whatever that thing is supposed to be. If you lose her, it just plays the rest of the credits and the game ends. Okay, all right. Well, <laughs> I guess. Okay, that's that's strange, but I can almost get behind that if it just ends the game like that. It just, I mean, you go through 10 rounds and you get to that and that's that's the ending you get. That Some of the characters have endings, some don't. It is, it's just kind of haphazard. Um, you know, but that said, if you focus on, you know, if you find another person, and you play just one-on-one with that other person, it's not the worst fighting game I've ever played. It's got, again, if you, especially if you're not both good and you, you kind of don't mind button mashy, and you, you, know, you mentioned Power Stone earlier. I love Power Stone. It's a great game. I mean, it's a fighter, but it's, it's far more of user environment than a, than a technical fighter. Uh, when you play this game that way, it's a little more fun, but the environments are much, much smaller. <laughs> In Power Stone, the levels are much larger. You have areas, you have things to hide behind, you have lots of items. This has minimal things for all those. And some of the environments you fight in, the arenas here, are literally just... It might as well just be a, a wrestling ring, like just a tiny square. Other ones have have different uh, levels, like platforms you can jump on. Some of them have boxes you can break open. But the early ones especially end up just being a big a big open square that's not nearly big enough to be a game that plays like Power Stone. I think that's maybe my biggest complaint with this game. 
because besides the arenas themselves, I think it's, you know, an, an okay button mashy fighting game. But like a lot of these stages are just tiny. I mean, they are tiny and there's no room mm. to really get get enough space between you and the other person. Uh, there were too many times where I was just I would find myself stuck in a corner and like, you know, just flailing to get out of there. Or, you know, they have multiple levels sometimes, you know, you'd have like a top level and then you kind of have like these uh, smaller areas where you could jump down or something like that. Mm -hmm. And that stuff just doesn't lend well to the kind of action this game is wanting to do. And something like Power Stone, that's fine uh, because, you know, you can jump around the stage like crazy. Uh, this one, it's trying to be much more exact as far as like moving around the, the ring like a fighting game instead of like a weird action fighting game like Power Stone. Um, so like having those different levels and the walls and things like that, and just these tiny, some the one on the train is so tiny. Yeah. Yeah. That's, <laughs> it, a, that's a, barely room. <laughs> you feel like, like you're why just, even have it? You're, you're already touching the opponent at all times. I yeah. Mean, it the, reminds me, uh, have you ever seen the fucking videos where uh, they tie like two guys arms together and then they have them fight? Yeah. Uh, but they're fucking, it feels like that. It feels like you were fucking like nose to nose. And then it's basically just a fucking both of you just swinging as quick as you can until somebody falls. Uh, it is, I, it is closed in. It's close quarters in this thing, which is which is bizarre. Yeah, and ironically, the one the wrestling ring that you mentioned is actually the best stage in the game because it yes. gives you enough room to yes. to get away from your opponent and retreat and, and attack and things like that. Instead of just being nose to nose with them and constantly having attack to attack, constantly having to mash those buttons. Uh, that that's what kind of killed it for me. Yeah, the, the fighting game itself not not great. If you love Final Fantasy VII and you you like fighting games, and you could do worse than this. Uh, the Final Fantasy characters again they they look fine. They they don't really their move sets don't make a whole lot of sense for Final Fantasy, but that doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they look pretty and uh, you know they they serve their purpose. If that's why you bought this game, you probably weren't disappointed. Uh, but but as someone who was not looking to try to play a bunch of Final Fantasy characters, I found this to be uh, a little lackluster as far as the fighting game goes. Just, yeah, very mashy and uh, levels too small. I, mean, I think that's the biggest complaints. I think those yeah. that, that the, lack of, the lack of area for a game like this really hurt it. Um, but let's talk about the meat and potatoes of the rest of this game, the minigames <laughs> and the quest mode. Now, if you, you know, you, you've got this game, you're, you're going to play a fighting game, but you're like, you know what, guys, I'm tired of playing fighting games. I see they have a bunch of really cool looking mini games and you got some of your friends to come over and play these mini games. You're about to lose some friends. Uh, these mini games are by far like the, the most tacked on garbagey mini games. So there's there's three of them, really, I think. One is a beach race and... <laughs> I don't quite understand why this was a fun idea to anybody. You're just running and jumping over like hurdles at the beach. And it's one of those things where if you make one mistake, the opponent's going to win. But then it still goes on for like four rounds. And it doesn't use any of the fighting moves. You're literally just running forward and jumping. It is awful. I mean, props to them for finally putting in that fighting game racing racing game we've always wanted in. Yes. 
in one of them. Uh, it's it's such an odd thing to put into a fighting game. I mean, maybe they were just reaching to to throw in like we got this and we got this and we got this. I, I just I don't understand why you'd put this in a fighting game. I mean, maybe they just saw Tekken Bowling. I was like, man, we could probably do something like this. Oh yeah, and oh, we're gonna do. Bowl. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna. <laughs> We're going to do Go quantity over quality here at yeah. uh, Air, Air Guides. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Tekken Bowling is is the one mini game, and it's damn good. Because it, it's like a full, well-done bowling game. Uh, but this, ooh. And I, I, I don't know if they're just, you know, going for kind of a, a lighthearted kind of, you know, tongue-in-cheek, here's everybody in a fucking foot race thing I, I obviously it can't be done in a serious manner but that's the presentation for it though like if you want to go all out and just make it ridiculous and have like you know just fucking chocobos left and right and fucking people from the final fantasy and whatnot cheering on on the sidelines i guess you might be able to make it its own kind of surreal type humor thing and make it actually fun to do uh, but as it stands, it's just a very plain, very desolate, very stark, seriously presented foot race. And I I, I don't know what they're aiming for. I, I don't know what ground uh, they're they're wanting to cover here. If they want people at home, you know, up on their up on their feet cheering, uh, you know, their character on in this race or if they want people to be having a good time in it, if they want serious competition I don't know what the hell they want here. I, I just know there is no, after you get done just with, with your initial guffaw upon seeing what is happening, uh, there is nothing to stick around and see here on these mini games. It well, reminds me of like something you would bet on in the gold saucer in final fantasy. <laughs> yes. But, and, and that worked because of the, the situation and the, you know, the environment you were in. And it is a part of the game that's that's you know kind of lending itself to some really weird type of humor. But I I just I don't feel like they were trying to be humorous here, which would just makes it bizarre. Well, and and again, it'd be one thing if that was one game and the others are good. But really, mm. all these bonus games are again. We're going to talk about quests separately as its own thing since it's got its own separate section at the startup. Mm. But so yeah, that that's uh that's beach battle, and then there's battle runner, which is uh, even bleaker looking. It looks like just a, <laughs> a, a big square area with like a, a pillar in the middle, and you just run these circles around there, and whoever can run the most laps after so much time or whatever, like, you're, you're using that, but you do have your fighting moves there. So you basically are just trying to run as fast as you can and avoid the other person, but if you start fighting and you miss, then that person will keep running, and uh, it's, it is bad. If you, I mean, that, again, if that was, like four or eight players all at once and the, the level was much bigger that might arguably be fun but for two players in a in a single screen sized race is absolutely the most boring bonus game i've ever played uh the, the other options are battle panel which is kind of like a fighting version of othello and is not good also again i can see what they were aiming at but it just didn't end up being very fun but of these terrible bonus games that was my favorite because at least 
I felt like I understood the rules and I could see how it might end up being fun. Uh, but it still was not that much fun. I'd much rather play the regular fighting game. And then there's Infinity Battle where you can just try to fight over and over and over again. And you get back a little bit of life every time you win to see how far you can go. That That's fine. Uh, but that's a single player thing that's not fun with a friend. These other ones I was all excited to have someone over so I could play these mini games, And it was a massive disappointment. I can't even imagine like inviting friends over <laughs> to play this. <laughs> like those mini games. Like, oh man, this is... I got to get some friends over here so we can play some air guides, mini games. uh, And then you load up that beach battle and they just kind of look at you. (laughs) There was a lot of staring. There was a lot of staring. (laughs) You know, I, I, I'm the kind that I like the idea of having people over, uh, uh, but there comes a certain time where I'm ready for them to go. And, and, you know, they're not always, I might keep this one and I might put this one on when I'm ready to kind of thin things down around the house a little bit. Get into a beach uh, race tournament. That's right. It's like, <laughs> hey guys, let's go. Let's have this foot race, and then we'll see how many people are tired, how many people have to get up and go to work the next day, and whatnot. Uh, so I may have found a use for these mini games yet. Or just be a complete asshole and and throw them into like actual fun parties, like you know, <laughs> the, throw it into the Halloween party. That's it, right. It'd, it'd just be like, hey guys, let's do this. So let's go. Oh, I, I got games set up for the kids to come over. Oh, the only game that's set up though is this on the beach race. That's all you guys can play. That's it. Oh. <laughs> Don't you have Smash Brothers? No, man. We have this beach race game. It's incredible. That's right. See which one can win. Cloud or Tifa. You've always wanted to know this. Well, the quest mode is the final mode in this game. And it is oh. it is clearly I mean, something that they thought was so important, it didn't even need to go with the other mini games. It didn't need to be a, an option in the main menu uh, from, you know, from the actual fighting game. This had to be its own panel where it warns you it has its own save spot on the memory card. It is wholly different than the fighting game. The controls are nothing like the fighting game at all. Uh, the, the characters do run in a 3D space, so I guess that's the same. But otherwise, it is on its own a completely separate game that has absolutely no tie-in. There's not even anything you can earn in quest mode that unlocks something in the arcade game. It is just its standalone, almost like a, a Diablo-style game. I mean, that's a, bad, that's a bad example, but it's that hack-and-slash-style adventure game as opposed to anything that has the sort of technique you'd need for even the most basic of fighting games. So, I, I'm not going to lie. I was actually a pretty big fan of the dungeon modes in Tobol 1 and 2. Now, I don't think they're good. I think the I think the dungeon mode in Tobol is a crime against humanity. I think it's awful. Like, it, but there's something about it that I just kind of kept coming back to because you'd really only get one chance to go through it. And it was kind of fun just to load up in between fights of Tobol or whatever and just see how far you could get. Tobol 2 actually did a lot more with that. And it was a better dungeon crawler. But it wasn't good at all either there. But still, I played it. And I was. This was actually what I was really looking forward to in Air Guides when I bought it as a kid because I wanted to see that stupid dungeon mode. And they've they've made it much more. They've added a lot to it, but at the same time, they've taken a lot of the fun out of it by making it more like this weird roguelike. And it's just, oh man, it's tedious as all hell. This thing is bland. Uh, this it is this thing is as plain as a picky kid's cheeseburger. It's fucking uh, uh, there's not much to see here. And and, and it, I, just, I have so many gripes with it and I don't have the strength to get them all out. And it's just from the very beginning, 
uh, you just get an idea for this thing just being so desolate. There doesn't feel like there's any life to it at all. Uh, you walk into empty rooms, you encounter enemies every now and then. The attacks are not rewarding at all. Um, it once again kind of lends itself to button mashing. Uh, it's ugly. You are in a permanent state of running as fast as you. A character is obviously training for the fucking beach run because he is running full blast the entire time. And and you have some magic spells. I remember, I think my mind finally snapped when I finally threw off a fireball. And it is quite possibly the weakest fireball I have ever seen tossed out in a video game. And it just, I, I tried this thing. I played this thing for a good while and I never felt like I got anywhere or that I had any experiences worth conveying that were positive. Uh, this is, I don't know if there are people, I mean, there may be people that love this, this aspect of the game. Uh, I just, I felt this was just bare bones. It just felt soulless. It's, it's weird because it's like there, there's very little, like you said, there's very little to see, Mm -hmm. But they've added so much more on top of it that doesn't need to be there. Mm. Like they're an entire inventory management system, you know, and and the loot and all of this stuff, having the two characters. And if one yeah. character dies, then you have to run back and get their soul to, you know, and, and also collect their equipment. But your your inventory is already full from the shit you found. Mm -hmm. And it's just a constant back and forth. And it's just there's. It doesn't need to be that. Uh, the reason I liked the first two was it, they were very, very simple uh, dungeon crawlers. Like the, you have your character, uh, and you just run through and you beat the shit out of everything with the with the moves that you have in the game, uh, and that's about it. You could find a pole or something here and there and just smack things, and that was that was fun. This has tried to go full RPG in in a mode that really does not deserve that kind of mm -hmm. attention to it. Well, it's got all the negatives of a game like this, unfortunately. So not only do you have a bad inventory management and everything drops items, you have to, as well as, you know, monitor your health, you have a hunger meter. So you have to make sure that you constantly have food to eat and your hunger meter goes down pretty quick. But it's also not just eating whatever you find. And it's not like when you run over 101, it automatically fills up your, your meter. It goes in your inventory. You have to go and use it. Mm -hmm. They actually made it so there are five different food types, and you have to make sure you eat the right food types to really do the best benefit. You can pause the game and look at your character's stats, and then when you do that, if you hit select, it shows you like a food window that says like, oh, you need more minerals, but you have plenty of vegetables. So you have to make sure you eat the right foods that have all minerals to help you get the most of your hunger back, or it will start hurting your, your gameplay experience. Uh, awful. Also, all the items uh, are, are breakable. So as you're using all your swords and stuff, and again, this is a hack and slash, so you're constantly mm -hmm. just hitting things as fast as you can, your sword will lose durability and eventually break unless you go take it all the way back to the town at the start of the game where the blacksmith will fix it. Or you can, you know, obviously just find another weapon because they're all over the place as you kill monsters. You have to level both characters because there, there are two different characters that you can play as because... If the first character dies, like Jeremy said, you have to go back with the second character to to save them, or else your game is over. So if you've been playing with just Koji the whole time, and he's level 20, and you die somehow like 20 levels into this, this awful, you know, inverse pyramid of death, you have to then go back with this level 1 character who has no equipment, no money, nothing, and start from the top and get back down to where your character is. They do give you a save, which is nice. They don't expect you to play this all in one sitting. Uh, not that I can imagine playing it in a bunch of sittings, but with one sitting specifically, you're like, okay, I, I at least can save 
at certain points, but the save function is weird too. It's not like you save when you go back to town and talk to the innkeeper. You save wherever you want, but it costs money. So if you don't have any money, you can't save, and the money gets more and more expensive every time you save. It it is a weird. It's like they found all these oddball ideas and all these different action RPGs and combined them all together without any of the things you'd want in these action RPGs. Uh, it is it is. Very, very weird, and it, it does not feel polished at all. I mean, this does not feel like any other Squaresoft game. It's not like Square hasn't made really amazing action RPGs. Um, one of the games I talk about on, on this far too often, I'm sure, is Vagrant Story. That's a Squaresoft action RPG, and it's mind-blowing. It's also way too complex. But this is... It's bad. You know what it feels like? Remember when the PlayStation was kind of towards the end of its life and there were all those cheap companies like A1 Games that were putting out a bunch of games for 20 bucks to 10 bucks. This is an A1 game game that they would just call like Dungeon, The Experience. And that's what yeah. this would be. And I would yeah. have bought it. And I would have played it. I bought a bunch of their terrible games. Uh, there was a game called Battle Hunter they put out that was literally just like the most garbagey 2D strategy action game. I hate. I, I played the, the crap out of it. It was awful. This is an A1 Games version of, uh, you know, of a vagrant story. This is, it's really bad. And I tried to get into it. I thought, okay, if I get far enough in this, you know, I'll, I'll learn what the magic does a little better. Uh, the magic is weird in this too, because you get magic materia, you know, because it ties into Final Fantasy, and that gives you your magic spells. But then the game even tells you, but you're not a magic user, so you have to use these orbs. So you basically only have so many times you can cast each spell unless you find more orbs. And by the way, all these orbs take up your inventory spots. It is, I mean, I spent probably three hours on this on this quest mode, trying to get into it, trying to think like, okay, I'm going to unlock why this quest mode is good. And I just kept getting hit with why this quest mode was not enjoyable. Like, I kept playing it. At no point was I like, this is a miserable time and I hate it. But I was just like, why? Why did they add all these things to this? It does. If you would have just left it as like a gauntlet style hack and yeah. slash game with, with even if you added some of those fighting commands in. Okay. But instead, it's just, it's this, it's a great example of, of all the bad ideas in these action RPG style games, all in one spot. So if you want to see what makes these games not fun, pick this up and check it out. I mean, maybe if they did something in that mode that came, that brought something back to the actual fighting game, like in mm. in Tobal Two, in Tobal Two you could do that dungeon, and there were certain uh, you know things where if you beat uh, different dungeon enemies, they are actually usable as characters in the fighting game. Mm. So you could have like you know you could be fighting like chocobos against giant lizards or something yeah. like that and it's ridiculous and that's that was like one of the funnest things to do in Tobal 2 was go in there and find a new enemy so that you could teleport that back to the fighting game and it i mean hell i would have probably done that more in air kites even though like everything in that dungeon is shit but still if there was something i could bring back and add to the fighting game I'd, i would have probably played it more but i'm um, like you guys i played this and i was like well this is just that same dungeon from Tobal 1 and 2 but yeah. they've added a whole bunch of stupid shit on top of it that doesn't make me want to play it. Like the whole food thing and, and just the whole inventory management that is garbage. Mm -hmm. And the whole micromanaging both characters so that, you know, they can stay kind of the same level so that you're not just, you know, stuck in the water. It, it, it's just too much for something that should just be a dumb, fun addition to an actual fighting game. It's like they tried way too hard. Yeah, or just focus on one fucking thing on this. I mean, you know, you're you're splitting your time and energy, and you end up with a half-ass fighting game and a quarter-ass dungeon crawler. I mean, just focus it. Focus it all on one aspect. 
get it right and then maybe think about something else. Because as it stands, they have just put out a lot of offerings, uh, but none of which are good. And once again, I mean, I'm, you know, just uh, you're obviously wanting to tell some kind of story with this dungeon crawler. I mean, why not more focus on the story in your fighting game, too? Uh, there's just a lot of things they could have done better. And I feel like, especially with the dungeon crawling aspect, they, they really shit the bed on the, you know, the, the final fantasy thing again. I mean, why not incorporate more final fantasy seven into it? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's probably the easy way out. Uh, and that's just pure fan service. And yeah, it probably still would have been a bad game, but I'd be a lot more lenient about, you know, a, a, a half-ass game. If it's in a world, uh, that I'm already invested in uh, with characters that I already like and, and want to see more adventures from. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't know why this this dungeon crawler just, ooh, it, it deviates very far from what it feels like they're doing with the fighting aspect of it. And it's like Jeremy said, uh, it would be it would be more enjoyable if the two somehow, you know, melded together. Even, you know, if you unlock uh gear in the, uh, you know, in the dungeon game that you can equip to your character. Even little fucking cosmetic shit would have been great at this point in time. Just something to get me to want to play through this thing. Because um, as it stands, I put a couple hours in this and I finally just, just bowed out because I was getting nothing out of it. And, you know, I was wanting to focus more on the, the fighting aspect of it. And, and, there's just not a lot for all the shit that's on that screen for you to do when you boot it up. At the end of the day, I feel like there's still just not a lot to do with this game. You know, speaking about like things that you could actually do to bring this package into some sort of cohesive thing. Like, mm -hmm. I hate to go back to that fucking racing game, but why not put that <laughs> into like the actual championship mode? You know, like Jeremy said, where you're just going through this, these opponents and there's nothing to break it up. Why not put some of those mini games in between some of those fights? Like, you know, the car and street fighter, like just something like that to break things up that they could have done so easily, yeah. but it's, it's not, it's just like, here's its own thing. Just in case you want to do this. Yeah. So as we mentioned before, this is a patron request, and that patron is Joey Z, uh, who recommended this game. So welcome to the show. Thank you. And uh, I guess first off, you know, Urguys is an interesting choice. Why did you pick this game? Did you have it when it was new, or was it just something you you tried at one time and really wanted to hear someone else's opinion on it? I mean, wh why did you pick this game? Uh, I definitely had it when it was new. Um, played it a lot when I was a kid. Uh, it came out or I discovered it at least right around the time I discovered Final Fantasy VII. And that kind of played a role in me loving the game so much. So I just thought it would be a great conversation piece. Um, it kind of has a lot to it. It's not just a fighting game. Um, there's just so many cool elements about it. I thought it would be really interesting to hear you guys kind of pick it apart and hear what you like and what you don't like about it. You mentioned the Final Fantasy tie-in. I was going to ask uh, specifically, is that the reason you, you picked the game up? Or had you played, I guess, their previous fighting games, Tobal Number 1, and I'm assuming not Tobal Number 2 in this country, but you could have. No, and um, it wasn't until recently that I actually discovered like to Tobal, um, and I'm, I'm really interested in playing them. Um, it was mainly because of Final Fantasy. Um, I'm, I'm almost certain it was 
like advertised either in a booklet or in a magazine or even a strategy guide of Final Fantasy. And it wasn't specifically that there, there was characters in the game. It was just like, oh, wow, this is a fighting game. You know, just seeing it being advertised with it was just kind of what drew me to it. And then discovering that I could like play a Sephiroth in the game was like it it definitely um, was the reason why I spent so much time as a child playing this game. Well, I think a lot of people would say the same thing. The reason this game was notable at all was for that Final Fantasy tie-in, at least for immediate grabs, you know. Uh, Square wasn't known for a lot of fighting games, so that was really the pull. Uh, did, was one of those characters, the Final Fantasy characters, your favorite go-to, or was one of the in-game characters one you chose more often? Sephiroth at first was like, when I played against my friends, that was the person that I would just dominate with, just because he's always been like one of my favorite characters. But as I grew like up and would put down the game and pick it up, um, I would play as, uh, I believe it's Han Dehan. He's a character in the game. He has the the rocket launcher on his leg. And he, he favors, uh, I'm, I'm going to butcher this, but Horang from Tekken. Um, he's, he's very much like that character, like a couple other characters in the game are. And um, he just became my favorite just because there's, you know, like a lot of characters in this game, when you kind of like, the more you play as them, and I hate to say this, but the more you like kind of button mash, the more you kind of understand and like unlock, I want to say different combos and moves. So he was the, he's like the character that I can just always, you know, depend on to win, whether I'm playing against myself or with friends. So, so uh, you mentioned the other game modes and I think the party games, uh, the mini games are fairly bad, but I do like, the quest mode, or at least I think it's interesting. Did you play a lot of the quest mode, or was that, that something that was kind of an interesting sidebar, but not really what you, you focused on? I think it, it played a role in how long I actually played the game. Um, because, I mean, I loved it for so long. And, you know, I was sort of late to the party with getting a PlayStation as a kid. So right after I got a PlayStation, that's when PS2 came out. So I was kind of in between, like, catching up on my backlog of PS1 games and playing playstation 2 but that was a game that i always picked up and put down um and the rpg mode is something that as a kid i I didn't pay attention to because i never listened to or read any of the instructions like especially because the opening of the rpg is in japanese so i just kind of like push through it and just run in you know balls to the wall and get destroyed by you know because it tells you at the beginning of the game don't go in any other way besides the top of the mountain. And I I wouldn't know that because I never read it. Um, and I would go in and just get massacred by this huge um, Kraken-type character, which <laughs> yeah. I thought was dope, but it would just destroy me. So as an adult, or I, I guess when I say in my teenage years, I, I went back and played the RPG game. And um, I, I like it. It's, it's, it's simple, and I, I like how, you know the more you get into it, the, the less enemies you see, but the harder the, the enemies you come across do become. So I, I played it and I, I ended up loving it later on in, in life. Yeah, it's, it's definitely an interesting addition to the game. Uh, it will almost be its own separate game, but I don't think it's quite fleshed enough out for that. But as a just kind of an added bonus to this game, it's, it's pretty cool. Surprisingly, um, with the other like party modes... Uh, it's funny you said that they weren't very good because I absolutely hate them. Um, I, I would mess around with them as a kid a little bit, but I, I don't even 
mess with them if I decide to, you know, I played it a little bit, I think last week, um, before I kind of got, got my cold that I just like got over and, um, I just didn't even want to waste my time on them. Um, but I thought was really, what was really interesting is, um, I mentioned the PS2 earlier, the bouncer, that was another, um, game that's kind of like this one that was, I think was overlooked, but it also really wasn't all that great to be something, um, to be given a lot of praise, but that was actually made by the same people that helped make this game. And I had no idea. And I, I love the bouncer. So I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, it was Dream Factory. They did they did Tobal number one and two, this and and that, along with some other games later. But that was their big their big focus was on those four basically. Yeah, I don't have any or anything else to say about the game itself, um, but I do want to tell people to definitely check out the patron that you guys have because it is awesome and it's worth the whatever you choose to contribute because it's it's been awesome so far and it's totally fun. Oh well, thank you so much. I'll make sure to keep that in. So that's our thoughts on Air Guys on all the mini games included. Uh, you know, an interesting side conversation if you really like fighting games or really like Final Fantasy VII, and if you like both, this might be one of your favorite games. Uh, it was not one of ours, so uh, but but it did have a lot of interesting things to to at least show you. Uh, although they aren't things you're going to want to revisit. Uh, so if you want to force us to cover your game again, the best way to do that, much like Joey Z did, is to please go to our Patreon, check out what we have to offer there. You get the free bonus episodes, you do get uh, stickers and stuff mailed to you. We try to support everyone that supports us. So, you know, again, thank you, Joey, for your pick. Sorry if we were a little a little rough on it, but it, uh, you know, it, admittedly, it's it's got a lot of issues. But also, if you have any questions for us, you can send them to us through the Retrovania.net question form at the bottom of Retrovania.net, along with links to all the things we've done recently. There is a question form, and you can use it to write many amazing questions that we will answer on the show like we're going to right now. That's right, and Dan M. is up first, and he writes in to say, Hi, Retrovaniacs. The quest this question really isn't about games, so you don't have to read it if, you if it's too far off topic. But I was just curious if any of you actually listen to your own podcast. I know as a kid, I always loved recording myself on cassette just to listen to the dumb stuff I had recorded. And having a podcast seems like a natural progression of that. I do have to listen back to this because I edit it. I'm the editor for this <laughs> podcast. Whether it sounds like I edit it or not, I in fact do. So I do listen to this podcast. But then even after I edit it, I go back and I normally play it kind of in the background after I post it to make sure that there are no issues with the upload. Uh, I like this podcast. I mean, not just being on it. I enjoy listening to it. So if that was a backhanded way to say we don't edit very well, I don't appreciate it. But yes, I do listen to this podcast every episode. <laughs> And, and you know, I really didn't think I would. I thought, you know, when we record it, uh, that would be, you know, it. And hearing you guys talk would be, you know, it. But but I did out of curiosity, just kind of go back and and you know, first few we did and listen to the the finished product there. Uh, thankfully, even though I was horrified by the first few episodes we did, I continued listening. And yeah, I, I mean, I think we all three uh, kind of pride ourselves on putting out the the kind of show that we each would individually like to listen to. So, I mean, I do, uh, I, I can't say I've caught every single episode. I do catch majority of them. 
uh, when they're put out and, and just give them a listen and, you know, kind of see, uh, it, it, obviously it's different than listening to someone else's podcast. Uh, cause there's a little bit of a, a self-critical ear in there when you're listening to it. But yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's a great way to, to listen to it and kind of, you know, see how the, the flow is for a particular episode and kind of, you know, if there are any mistakes, anything I can learn from to, you know, to, to do better the next time or, or not repeat next time around. Yeah. Uh, and I think we, we put on a pretty good show for the fact that I can sit there and listen to the whole thing. Plus I'm always interested to see what music clips, uh, Jeremy P is going to, is going to throw in. We don't hear them at the time of the recording always so it, it's always a, a you know a hoop to go back and listen to that especially if it's a game where i am uh straining to imagine what music he would be able to salvage for a game to put in yeah this one you're going to enjoy then because i have no clue what i'm putting in this one <laughs> I, I guess i i listen more to like the older episodes because i, I think mm. i'm like billy i'm, I'm very self-critical of mm-hmm. like a lot of the stuff i say also a lot of the stuff we we, we record is posted like a day or two right after. So I still remember everything and it's more fun for me to go back and listen to the, the wealth of previous podcasts from years <laughs> gone that I've completely forgotten that we even did. Yes. And, and listening to those are always fun because it's, it's just like I wasn't even there because I don't even remember the shit I said. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I do enjoy going back and listening to that stuff. And um, I think this is a pretty decent podcast. I don't know. I'm still here doing it. So it must be all right. Next up comes in, uh, Angry Patron is here oh. to complain. Oh, no. And uh, <laughs> he says, I'm sending, in my com- I'm sending in my complaint publicly the only way I know how by using mm. this contact form. I was a very big fan of your Weekend Warriors episodes and have been left hanging for weeks Uh-oh. for the next episode. Oh, shit. Should I continue to hope that you'll actually finish, finish Fantasy Star or is Weekend Warriors done for? Thanks for all the other hard work, I guess. I, I gotta say, Weekend Warriors isn't done for. Um, I, I'll shoulder a lot of the blame on this just because of how fucking terrible my schedule is, and that's not just for recording. I think I underestimated personally taking on a a, a meaty RPG <laughs> along with our other schedule. You know, with the with the regular episode. You know, we're doing a game a week and. And an RPG also, and then it's just, it's poor timing on my part, because my hours that I have to dedicate to dumb shit like work uh, also picked up on me. Uh, so I know I probably was not as available uh, as as I needed to be. Uh, that being said, I did complete that game. I, I believe Jeremy P. did also, and we do uh, plan on hooking up to get that done. I... Being called out publicly like this thing, though, I think may have lit a fire under us. Maybe yeah, we, we get that done soon. We will finish it. And and yes, we did mean to finish it. No, we did not uh, forget about it. It is not as important as the two regular monthly bonus shows we've promised. So that that is kind of what happened. But also, up until this email, I was unaware anyone other than Billy or myself even cared about those episodes. <laughs> they are only on the bonus feed. I think the first one we might have put on the regular feed, but uh, the rest are only on the bonus feeds. And it's us playing through all of Final Fantasy. Or, I'm uh, sorry. I was playing through all of the first Fantasy Star on the yeah, Sega Master yeah. System. We got towards the very end. It's supposed to be four parts. We got through three, and we have finished the game. So we will wrap that up and talk about how to get through the last planet and the last section of the game. Uh, we will now feel like doing it immediately, because now I feel bad that someone else was actually interested. So our apologies not finishing it. It is coming. 
I do not know if we're going to do other games like this in the future unless Billy and I have some some wide open calendars because this did take a lot of time because again for the other games we're doing once a week I do want to put the time in on those games I don't want to feel like I'm just kind of oh yeah I'll, you know I've played this game before I'll just talk about it I like to play through everything even if I've played it you know we did Goonies 2 that's a game I've played probably 2,000 times over my life and and yet for the podcast I played it again to make sure I was fresh on all the things I wanted to say about it so mm. you know we, we will get to that I'm not sure if we're going to do more of them uh, I, I think the movie review we did was actually something I'd like to do more more often than a, a longer mm-hmm. role-playing game sort of feed. But hey, if you guys really like the playthrough role-playing games, let us know. And and we're not opposed to doing more. I just was unaware anyone else cared. Man, talking about like enjoying listening to the podcast. Those are the two, that, that series, uh, besides the first one that I'm on, is probably my favorite to listen to the, as far as like most recent episodes because it, I'm not on it. And also I love uh, hearing Billy just be tortured by an old RPG <laughs> So it's, it's well get ready. Well get ready for the last fucking episode. You're well, gonna I'm, have a yeah. I'm that other person hollering on that one. <laughs> Wait, are you angry patron, Jeremy? No, I am not angry, <laughs> angry patron. But I am. I have been wondering myself uh, for the last few months where where the weekend warriors have gone. Uh, I apologize for also not continuing on there, but <laughs> after the first episode. Uh, but again, it, I think it comes down to time and and what we're yeah. able to play. Uh, so it didn't, it did not work out for me at all. I mean, I'm hoping it's something I, I, I don't know how, um, I mean, any, any patrons, if you would like to invite like closest several hundred of your friends to join, um, you know, and maybe we can just kind of, you know, put in our two weeks notices. I'll play all the fucking RPGs you want. That's- I'll sit there hundred hour, 200 hour game. That's fine. <laughs> I think it's far more likely that we all win the lottery. But hey, if that happens too, we will definitely play some more RPGs. We'll have a lot of free yes. games. Yes. All right. Next one comes in from Zach, and he's got a game request. Hi, guys. Enjoying your podcast from Australia. There are countless retro gaming podcasts, and Retrovaniacs is by far my favorite. He even put the U in favorite, so you know he's fancy. Ooh. The Super NES has always been my favorite console and holds a lot of nostalgia for me. One of my favorite Super NES games was Super Ghouls and Ghosts, which I played to completion many times. Mm -hmm. Having recently picked up a Super NES Mini, this game is still my favorite pickup and play title. Would love to hear you guys share your opinions on the game in a future episode. Anyway, keep up the great work, and thanks guys. Regards, Zach. That series in general is always one that I think we need to visit around Halloween because we always are stra- mm-hmm. you know, scraping for games we can play in the amount of time or that we haven't already covered. And that's, uh, that's definitely a good series to cover, and that's a good version of, of the games in that series. That said, yeah. I've never beaten any of them because they're really, really hard. Oh. So <laughs> I, I'm not opposed, but <laughs> it, we'll see how far I can get. Yeah, and it's one of those I've always loved the games in that series. Uh, just, you know, the look of it. Um, and, and that horror aspect to it. Uh, but yeah, at the same time, it's one of those I have always picked up, played through the first few stages, and that was about it for me. Uh, I am not one to make it too far in those. But yeah, I mean, that would be, you know, come come the proper season for it, might be something worth looking into. And it, it would give me a good, uh, you know, a, a good opportunity to sit down and maybe... Jesus, it's too lofty a goal to say maybe beat it, but maybe get a little further than I ever have on it. I, I was just always curious as to why the NES version of Ghosts and Goblins was so highly regarded and, and had so much nostalgia from people when, like, literally no one made it past the second stage. 
So like doing that review, I was just like the, the Super Nintendo and, and the Genesis games are so much better than this. Like these are the ones that everyone should love. But I, I guess maybe it's just an NES thing and everyone owned an NES and that was the game to get. I, I don't really understand why, but uh, that, that has always mystified me to this day. Yeah, both the yeah. Super Nintendo and the Genesis versions are far superior, but but it doesn't have the same feeling in, in your mind as, remember when I had the Nintendo and I had Ghosts and Goblins, and then you're like, oh, yeah! But, yeah, that game is ridiculous. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's not great. But anyway, uh, we will check that out maybe during the ho- or holidays, during uh, Halloween, and maybe get that work that into our schedule. All right, and our last question comes in from Trent T. Actually, it's not a question. He's just chiming in on with an old home remedy of his for the guy complaining about spicy butt on the Blaster Master episode. Oh, here we go. Don't know if he knows this one, but just but just take some Metamucil or something else high in fiber like a breakfast bar right after you eat spicy food. This should neutralize the spice and keep your sensitive parts from having their own spice levels. Good luck, Trent T. Well, that is a good tip uh, for dealing with your own spicy butthole. But as I recall, the question was not about dealing with your own spicy butthole. And, and I don't really want to revisit that question. If you need to, check out our last episode on Blaster Master where we get into all things spicy buttholes. I can't believe this is the second time in a row we've had to discuss it. So if you have a question for us, please send it to us via the Retrovania.net question form. You can also find links there to all our social media, uh, our video review channel that Jeremy puts, uh, like you mentioned, the Ghosts and Goblins review on. And otherwise, we will see you in two weeks with another fighting game as we continue Fight Month here at Retrovania.